say amen. All right. Well, let's get right into the word of God. Now, you've been taking notes. I want you to continue to do that. We have started a series on last week entitled The Grace of God. The grace of God. So we want to continue to do that. And I know that you'll be blessed by it. I want to recap. And this, this will really, really help you uh, for those of you who take notes to see if you're taking some really good notes last time. All right. So let's just kind of cover a little bit of ground and then we'll move right into our, our part two. And, and I know that it'll bless you real good. All right. So we're talking about, we've been talking about grace. Everybody say grace. We talked about the definition of grace, but here's the thing I wanted to get across to you as we just recap a little bit tonight. This will be for you to go back over your notes, and that simply is this, that, that here's four goals I wanted to express, I wanted you to get a hold of. One is that we're going to learn how to obtain the faith needed to receive God's unlimited promises. Praise God. Then, secondly, Man, we're studying the scriptures, and as we're studying the scriptures, listen to this, that we're going to take our time to study and, and, what it, and, and understand what, it, what does it take to build our faith? What does it take to build your faith? You know, what is that all about? How do we build our faith? And we're going to learn and tap into a little bit of that. Our other goal, our third goal is this, that we're going to, my purpose is to help you and help all of us to form beliefs based on God's word. How many know that each of you have a belief system? on the inside of you. And you know that belief system is developed on the inside of you in many ways. It's not, not just the word, and thank God for the word, but also how you were raised. Also, what you allow to come into your life, whether it's through the ear gate, the eye gate, as I say, whatever you're studying, and beliefs began to be formed in our lives. So spiritually speaking, when you study the word, you're building, you're growing a belief system on what God says in his word. And so you have a belief system. So our goal is this, is that we want to make sure, everybody say make sure, that our belief system is based on God's word, not our opinion. It's not, I mean, our opinion is great. Everybody has one, but it really doesn't do us any good. Let's always go to the word of God all the time. And then here's fourth. Man, I want to show you. All, I'm going to show you. This is so cool how God's grace can help to supply our every need. Man, I want his grace in my life, and I know you do too. You want God's grace in your life to help you, listen, to supply every need. Do you have needs? I have needs. Every one of us have needs. And so there's many sides in dealing with grace, the grace of God. Well, here's the results. The results will be this, that we will walk in the fullness of God. That simply means this, man, it's unlimited promises. How many of you know that God's promises are unlimited? Well, we should know that they are. They're unlimited. But you know what? I can know all about the fact that they're unlimited, but how do I tap into the, those unlimited promises? We can talk about, we hear people talk about promise this and God promised that. But if we're not experiencing those promises in our lives, we're not tapping into what is considered to be unlimited. Unlimited. All right. So, we said this, that there's, there's many, I like to say, there's many sides or aspects of God's grace. How many remember what we talked about last time, the one when we said grace as unmerited favor? What are some things we talked about on last week as grace, grace as the uh, uh, unmerited favor of God? Any, anybody remember some things, anything that came out that you, you wrote down, your notes? This is a test. No, I'm just joking. If not, I'll continue to go. Certainties. That's right. Certainties about grace. Unmerited, right? What does unmerited mean? Man, we can't earn it. 
And it's just, and what happens is that we've been free. See, if you, if you ha- realize that you've been free, then we stop trying to work to get things. We have to learn how to pray to receive things that God has already given to us. Now, there's a mentality. Remember I said a belief system? See, if we're, if we're not trained up right in the word of God, even today, believers today in the body of Christ are trying to work to receive something from God. Do you know you don't have to work? You have to learn how to receive. Now, that's an issue for a lot of us. You know why? Because the world drills in us, come on, that we should be doing what? We should work for everything that we ever receive. Now, that's the world. Now, working, there's nothing wrong with working. We roll up our sleeves and work. But see, the kingdom of God has operated just a little bit different because, you see, Jesus did all the work. But it takes faith for us to receive what he did. And that's unlimited. Now, that's, that, that's not easy. That's a hard thing, especially if we're trying to do it on our own, say, on my own. But when we're, when we're not trying to do it on our own and we're leaning upon the Lord, when we're really trusting in God, then we receive everything that he has for us. But it's by faith. It's not by works. Isn't that how we're saved? All right, let's prove it out, right? Say, prove it out. Thank you, Miss Cindy. We're going to prove it out. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. Oh, man, I tell you, this is one of the really basic scriptures that talks so much about faith and so much about grace and, and work. So let's look at this together. And if you like to this evening, if you want to read, you can. I mean, on Wednesday night, it's, you know, Bible study and participation. And we like to hear from different translations um, that you have throughout this evening. I'll share a little bit out of the Amplified, because it brings out, it brings out a little bit more of where we're going this evening. But let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 8 and verse 9. If you want to go ahead and read that, if you have it, let us know what translation you have, and then go ahead and read for us. We'd certainly appreciate it. Anybody? Mm-hmm. So we said one aspect of grace is what? Favor. So if we read it that way, let's look at this, right? It says here then, and I'm not trying to take away from the word of God, are you with me? But if we say one of the aspects, one of the aspects of grace or definitions of grace is what? Favor. Or we can say unmerited favor. So by, by what? For by unmerited favor. For by what? Grace. For by favor. What does it say? You've been saved. God's favor. God's favor on your life. It's unmerited. You have been saved, but notice through what? Faith. We've established this on last time that everything that's in the kingdom of God must be accessed or appropriated. How? By faith. How do we get saved? By faith. We walk by faith and what? Not by sight. See, so we begin to understand that the just shall live by faith. So we serve a God that we please, listen, when we what? Walk in faith. Because the Bible clearly says over in Hebrews 11, verse 6, right? That without faith, say without. So what does that mean? If if someone says without, what is that saying? If it says without faith, If it's without, that means I need to have faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if I don't have faith, am I going to be pleasing to God? Now, let's think about this. Why would the scripture tell us that? 
without faith, without faith, let's turn there. Hebrews 11, 6. For without faith, it says that we are not, or we can't, we're not pleasing God. And then it says that we must go to God, or it tells us how to go to God. And it gives us a, a great understanding that when we do that, because we understand that faith pleases him. But here's the thing I want us to see. Because everything in the kingdom of God, again, how do we appropriate it? By what? By faith. Faith, we understand then, gets us into the kingdom of God because everything that Jesus has, has done, he's done it for us. He didn't do it for himself, for you and I. Hebrews 11.6, what does it say? Someone read that for us nice and loud, please. Come to God, but when we come to God, as a prerequisite. When we come to God, we must come to God in faith because without faith, we're not going to be pleasing because, you see, everything in the kingdom of God is now appropriated by faith and through faith, you see. So understand this, access. Everybody say access. Well, then, that takes us to our text. If there was a text, let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. If, we're, if we had to say, here's, here's what we were going to read, we want to read every time we get together just to remind us and when we're talking about the grace of God, it would be Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And so I have the New King James. Many of you have different translations, and I love to hear them. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Let me read this from the New, the New King James, and then I'll have you read from different translations that you have. So get ready. Let's get ready to do this together. Notice what it says in verse 1, Romans chapter 5. Therefore... Having been justified, there it is again, by what? Faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, this is very important, through whom also we have access by faith, by that, that very same faith, access into what? This grace. You and I have access into this grace by that very same faith in which we stand and rejoice in of the hope of, it says, the glory of God. So we said then one, one manifestation or one definition of grace, we said, is favor. Now notice this then. Let's, let's look at this. And we get a hold of this truth. Verse 2. Through him also we have access by faith into this favor. See, you and I have access into the favor of God. It says, into this grace by which we stand, and we should be rejoicing, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So the favor of God is, we can say also, the grace of God. The grace of God is also the what? Favor of God. And you have access. How did that access come? Man, it came by one, Jesus Christ. Right? Remember when he went before the Father, presented himself so that you and I now can have access. You understand the curtain that was before, stood before man, and God was torn, ripped in two. And now Jesus, when he went in to the holies of holies, presented himself, the Father accepted the sacrifice. And now that gave us access to go into, into his very presence. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking any kind of religion. And I grew up right next door to me was a Catholic church. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. I like to go in there, walk around, look at all the statues and stuff. You know, it was kind of a little eerie, though, you know. But I did, and it, walk, it was really quiet all the time. 
But, uh, but I also liked going, going in there because it, just, it was just something about just going in the church. Pretty cool. But you know, though, that in that particular faith, if you will, that you go to the priest. And you would go to the priest, right, you know, if you make a confession. You would go to, really what we're saying, you go to man. Let's just say it that way. But see what happens now when you get understanding in Revelation that since Jesus removed, that curtain was torn in two and ripped, we don't have to go to man. We can go directly to God. Amen. So you have, here it is, access to God. It's just like how many of you, like when you're driving on the highway, and man, you're like, man, I don't like going through all them tolls, right? You've got to pull off. You've got to put your coins in that thing. So what do you get? A pass. What does that pass do? Gives you what? Access, right? To keep on going right through and not feeling guilty. Like you're going to get a ticket or anything, right? See, because you have access. Well, the reason why you've got access is because you pay for it or someone lent it to you or something, but you have access. What happens is this. We don't have to feel guilty when we come before God. Why? Because someone, Jesus, died on the cross for you, and he took our sins. He took our place. And then in place of that, he gave us all the goodness of God. He gave us this life that we now live, and it's called the abundant life. So we have access into this abundant life in Jesus Christ. We have access. Say access. All right, so let's continue. Now I want to show you tonight another aspect of grace. Grace, here I want you to see, write this down. I want you to see grace as the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. See, I'm saying we're going to show you some different aspects of grace and how grace functions and works in our lives. So here we are. Another aspect of grace is grace as the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, according to Scripture, Listen to this. Grace can be defined as, and I'm going to show you, as the power of the Holy Spirit, or here it is, the anointing. Or the anointing. Let me say that again. According to Scripture, grace can be defined as the power of the Holy Spirit or the anointing. What if I said it this way? Someone said this. That have, have you heard anybody say this? Or maybe you looked at someone doing a ministry and it's like, man, they're just, wow, they're just so gifted. They're anointed, whether it's to play, whether it's to sing, to minister. How many have ever said this or heard someone say this before? Man, they had an anointing to do that or an anointing to do something. Yeah. Maybe you've even said it before. Man, they are anointed. They have an anointing. Wow. Think about that. They have an anointing. So what's that telling me? That's telling me then that there's something connected with grace, the grace of God, the anointing of God, and the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look together. Turn with me. I want you to look, because we're going to study this to, at, at uh, James, James 4, 6, Amplified. But, but I want you to listen as you're turning there. I just want you to, to find it and write it down because I want to share a few other things with you. Now, it's as if someone said, they had an anointing to do something. What can we have an anointing to do in the church, in the ministry? What can someone have an anointing to do? Someone help me out. You can have an anointing to sing. All right, what else? To minister, we can have an anointing to minister. How about anointing to work with children? You know, some people are really gifted. We say gifted. They're anointed, and others are not. Right? Come on. 
Uh, some are anointed to sing. And others are not. Am I, are you with me? See? Okay. So there are others who are, who are anointed to work with youth. And others are not. So think about it. That anointing is the grace of God on their lives. The question now, we have to ask ourselves, what is the anointing or what is the grace? What is God's grace in my life? What is God's anointing in my life? What are you gifted to do? It's because if you don't know what you're gifted to do, then you know what? You need to spend time praying, seeking the Father, getting direction so he can show you what you're gifted at or grace to do or anointed to do. Say anointed. See, anybody can get up and sing. And you know what? We sing in the shower. And, you know, you may enjoy it. But when you get out of the shower and you're singing, that doesn't mean everybody around you is going to enjoy it, especially if you're not, you don't sing well. Am I right? You know what? It's not just in ministry. How many of you know that you see other people who play sports? Now, we may not even really say that, but they're gifted. I mean, wow. You say, well, how do you know they're gifted? Because they're a whole lot better than a whole lot of people. Right? Because you say, well, if they weren't gifted, you think, oh, they're just, they're just playing. But no, they're really good at what they do. And, and, and some have even said, athletes have even said, man, I believe that I was born to do this. Even those who act, who are actors, they would go, you know, I don't know what it is, but I believe that I was born to do this. You know what? That's grace. Because you see, it's something that's like putting a suit on, something that you're gifted to do. Well, let's continue. Let me share this with you. In other words, someone would say this. They, they would say that, that I have the grace to do it. Or, or if, if it's the anointing of God, if it's the grace of God, then here's my point. If we can learn, now don't miss this. If we can learn to operate in the anointing, in the anointing, we can also learn to receive grace. If we can learn to operate in the anointing, then we can learn how to receive grace because we see here that the grace as the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we learn how to operate in the anointing and being sensitive to the anointing? Or we could say grace. Well, let me prove this to you then. Now let's look at our text. Let's look at our reference that I gave you. All right? James 4, 6. And this is so important. Again, don't forget this key. Very important key. Everything in the word of God is accessed how? By faith. You're with me, right? Okay, now notice the Amplified. Some of you may have different translations, but I want to read the Amplified of James, or if you have, have a, you can look at it with me. If you have it maybe on your iPad, your iPhone, that's fine. And then we want to go back and listen to some other translations, okay? But the Amplified really brings it out. And what I was talking about is this. Now, here's my key. Listen, grace as the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Now, listen to this. Amplify. But he gives us more and more grace. The Amplify says power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency in all others fully. Wait a minute. So, but he gives us more and more grace. And then it says here, listen, power of the Holy Spirit. So he gives us more and more. Well, that's exciting. I like the, I, I mean, I love that. 
And, and the purpose of it is the tendency so that we'll be able to stand or to meet this evil tendency in all others fully. Now, let me hear your translations. That was the Amplified. Maybe you have something a little bit different. It may not bring it out, but that's okay. I want to hear it. Who has that for us? Verse 6, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, now how many have on your iPhone or your iPad, you have the Amplified, you have access to look at that? Okay, am I, am I, am I reading it correctly? Y'all, I want you, if you do have access, I want you to see this, okay? I want you to see this with me because, because this is what the Amplified, that's why I love the Amplified, because what it does is simply amplifies it. You know, it just brings out things much more clearer for us. And the Amplified is saying here that he gives us more and more grace and then it goes on to define what it means it goes on and says this power of the holy spirit do you see that isn't that good that's what it's describing that is describing that then he gives us if we can say it this way he gives us more and more grace he gives us more and more power of the holy spirit that's what it's saying here all right and so what are results this tell you know what this tells me that we can have a greater or lesser, say greater, or lesser, that's right. So we can have a greater or lesser degree of grace operating at different times in our lives because it says more and more, more and more. So what are we saying? Wait a minute, let's talk about this then. So if we can have more and more, or it says here, we can have a greater or lesser degree. And we're talking about here, he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit. Then we can have at times in our lives, different degrees of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It's grace though. It's grace. And as we tap into this grace, this unmerited favor of God, we just established, and we also just established this, that grace can also be, it's an aspect of grace is what? As the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. So I thank God. Now let me go back to what I said. Power of the Holy Spirit, anointing. I want you to think about this, anointing. The anointing of God. Man, we need the anointing. We need God's anointing in our lives. Again, my point was earlier, praise God, that if we can learn to operate in the anointing, Man, we can also learn to receive grace. Because when you learn to receive grace, what are we receiving? Everything that grace is. Everything that grace is. So grace is unmerited favor. So when you learn how to uh, operate in, right, in the anointing, we can also learn to operate in and receive and walk in what? The grace of God. And the grace of God we just shared here, I'm going back recapping for you, is we learn to receive God's grace, then we learn to receive the favor of God. Man, imagine walking around everywhere you go, like Abraham, having the favor of God on his life. I mean, we, you know, we talk about it, don't we? We thank God, we say the blessings of God. Come on, help me out here. What the blessings of God, what overtake us, right? We talk about that. What are some others? What are some other thoughts about scriptures and blessings? Anybody? Talking about the blessings of God or the favor of God. Anyone? No one. Okay, we'll go back to our Bibles then. All right, but that's okay. All right, so I'm going to leave you with that one. The blessings of God do what? They will overtake you.
Okay? All right? So listen, how about this? You're blessed going in, what? And going out. Okay? So we're talking about blessings. So you know what? That's the favor of God. That's the favor of God. So I love, I love it when the Bible says that the blessings of God, they overtake me. In other words, they'll run you down. Have you ever had somebody just overtake you all of a sudden like you're moving or you're walking? I mean, like in the airport or any places that you're going and I'm something, man, they just pass you up. You know what? They are just overtaking you. Now, we know what happens when you're driving, but I'm talking about somebody walking, just walking. You're like, whoa, that person's in a hurry. And they just overtook you. You know what? That's what the blessings of God will do. That's what the favor of God will do in our lives. We want the favor of God to overtake us. We want the favor of God, God's grace. God's grace be poured into our lives, the manifestation of his grace and the anointing to overtake us, his favor. Say favor. favor. All right? So I want you to see that in the scriptures. Let's go on. I'm going to give you a third aspect, a third one. I want you to write this down, aspect of grace. Here it is. Grace as the blessing of God. So you see where I was going. I was going right into the blessing. So write this down. Grace as the blessing. Grace as the blessing of God. We see grace as the favor of God. We've also seen grace as what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to talk about grace as the blessing of God. Another aspect of grace. Grace can be understood as this. Listen to this. In terms of the blessings we receive from God. How many of you receive blessings from God? That's the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. You're saying, Lord, thank you for your grace flowing in our lives. The grace of God, blessings of God. Now, grace, so let's say it this way then. Let me say it this way. Grace and divine blessings. Listen, is used several times in scriptures, but I'm going to give you one so you can write this down, and I'm going to probably read it from the Amplified. But turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 9 and 10. 1 Peter 1, 9 and 10. But I want to hear this time your translation of these verses. But remember what we're looking for. Grace as the blessing, say blessing. Grace as the blessing of God. Grace and divine blessing is going to be used in this scripture. And I want to see if yours bring it out as it does in the Amplified. All right, so when you guys get there, let me know when you're there. Can you take a few more minutes before we let you go? few more minutes okay all right first Peter chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 9 and 10 we're talking about grace oh father thank you for your grace thank you for your grace remember we said earlier that when we talked about faith and and how everything we said that we receive in the kingdom of God that that we access it by faith I've also said this to you on last time that faith is the catalyst for the manifestation of the grace of God in your life. Faith is the catalyst. Well, what did we say the catalyst was? Catalyst is what? An agent. You remember that? And we said an agent that, that understand this, that provokes or speeds up the significance of change or reaction in your life. Faith will speed up the change or significance aspect in your life. If we understand faith and use faith as it should be used to obtain all the blessings of God in our lives. Well, have you found 1 Peter? Okay. 
Chapter, chapter what? One, nine and ten. Somebody care to read that for us? Verse nine. Begin there, please. So notice it's talking about the grace, the grace. You heard the grace there. You heard the grace in others. And I remember we said aspects of grace. So this, and, and what happens, I think, in the body of Christ when we talk about grace, I think we've, as a lot of times as far as we've gone, we've just simply talked about unmerited favor and not really tapping into the many sides or aspects of grace. So we'll see here now out of the Amplified. I want to read it to you. If you, have, if you have it again like last time, you can pull it up. Go ahead and pull it up because I want you to make sure that I'm not just making words up, okay? I want you to confirm it. And so look, look in, in your iPhone. Your, you know, if you have your Amplified there, you'll verify and see what I'm saying as true. We're talking about blessing. Everybody say blessing. blessing. Amen. So we're talking about grace and define it as the power of the Holy Spirit. And we said grace as the blessing of God. Notice this in the Amplified. At the same time, so what it says, at the same time you receive the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls, the prophets who prophesied of the grace, and then it defines what it means here. It says divine blessing. Do you see that? Man, that's good. Which was intended for you. Oh, glory to God. Wait a minute. It was intended for me. When I'm reading this, it says here, for you, searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. Let me read this again. I want you to hear it. At the same time, you receive the result of your faith. Say the result of my faith. No. Ah, so wait a minute. First of all, now it's talking about as I receive the result of my faith. So that means I have to use faith. Am I right about that? If I'm not using my faith, then I'm not going to get results of my faith. But at the same time, it says, at the same time, say same time, Amen. you receive the results of your faith. It says here, the salvation of your souls, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that is divine blessings, which was intended for you. You can say, which was intended for me. Glory to God. The divine blessings, which was intended for me. At the same time, you receive the result of your faith. Wow. And some would say, man, I'm not receiving the result of my faith. But, but I would say to you, perhaps you are. Maybe you may not like what you're receiving. Right? Think about that. But here's the thing. If we're using our faith to receive and to appropriate the blessings of God, then everything that God says belongs to you, you can, listen, you can appropriate it. You have access to receive it by faith. And to, listen, but we receive it how? By grace. Grace means I'm not trying to convince God to do something for me. I'm not trying to make him do something for me. Well, God, you know, and we approach him, you know, with the wrong heart or the wrong attitude. As if we say, God, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to put you in the headlock. You know, that's kind of like how, like, sometimes people approach God. Or, that, or it's almost as if you really got to convince him and like we're twisting his arm. We, no, that's not, how we, that's not how we approach God. That's not how we approach our Heavenly Father. When we approach him, he wants us to approach him believing that everything he said in his word belongs to us. But you are not and I am not going to receive it unless I access it. How? By faith. Through grace. 
So people say, man, how come this is not happening in my life? Are you accessing the blessings? And, and then how are you accessing them? Are you in faith or are we not in faith? Now, how many of you can tell if you're in faith or not in faith about a thing? Okay, someone help me out here. We're going we're gonna to have y'all teach the teacher. How can you tell? And not necessarily you, yourself. So you're not, you know, talking about yourself. But how can we tell if someone is in faith or not in faith? Is there, is there anything that we can tell? Oh, the words they say. Words, actions, decisions. What else? Ooh, okay. So let's write down what we said. These are just some indicators. Can we call them indicators? Okay, so what did we say so far? We said the words. So in other words, let's, let's talk about each of them, right? How can you tell if I'm in faith by the words I say or by the words I speak? Am I, am I, okay, so give me an example of someone that's not in faith by the words they speak. Ooh, ooh, wow. So, yes. Okay. Ooh, yes. So, not lining up with the word or stressing over it. Okay. Now, our hands are up. We have something to share or your hands are up. Go ahead and say it. Being, having negative words. I got you back there. Negative words, okay? All right. Put her faith up a little while ago wondering, okay, is she going to call on me? Yeah, we did. Got you. Okay, good. Great job. Now, what did we say? Negative words. So if I'm speaking negative words, if I'm, what I'm speaking is not lined up with the word, wow, what, what's happening? Well, will my faith work? I'm, it's like, how many have ever planted anything, you know, if, how many have ever grown a garden before? No one. Yes, tries. Okay, let me find something that everybody could have possibly done before. <laughs> I mean, I've grown a garden before only one person, and maybe two, okay? So, I mean, I haven't, okay? So, that's not, that's not working. How many have ever driven a car before? That's a little closer, okay? How do you remember when you first started driving? Woo-wee! Now, some of you may have been pros at it, experts, because you, you, you grew up driving go-karts and all this other stuff, you know. But, but, you know, how many, I mean, when you first started to drive, I mean, were you nervous? Oh, man. How, okay, it's not just starting to drive. How about getting your license? Wow. Remember that day? And, and you know, a total stranger is sitting next to you. I mean, and they, are, they got a clipboard. And they're writing down everything that you're wondering, man, when this is done, you know. But see, you get in the car, though. You're getting in the car believing what? That you're going to pass. I mean, if you get in the car believing you're not going to pass, you might as well not even get in the car. So what is that then? Think about it. Think about it. See, I'm telling you. Okay? How many of you, when you, I mean, this is different aspects. Now, I'm not going to ask, but how many of you had to take it more than one time? I did ask, didn't I? Okay. Three times. Wow. So the reason I mentioned this is because after the first time to get back in the car takes what? Faith. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I need some more faith. But then the third time, we need some quadruple faith working, see? But just even get in or even study. Now, that's the exam part. But I'm talking about the driving test part. Yeah, or backing up or parking. Parallel? How many today still have a challenge with parallel parking? Okay, y'all need to go on back to school. No, I'm just joking. 
But do you know what, though? The first time you, the first time you got behind the wheel, think about it. I mean, if you, and the things that we do in life, if we're approaching something, and this is just naturally, too, speaking, and if we don't believe that we're going to get the desired results, then what we're doing as we're moving toward it actually is what demonstrating a lack of faith or a lack of I'm going to receive those desired results, you see? All right? How about when taking a test? I'm just playing, going over some natural things. How about in school or taking an exam? Now, you studied, right? So when you study and you know that you want to pass a test, you want to do well, well, or do you go in after you've studied and prepared and say, well, I don't know how I'm going to do. I might fail. I mean, wow, do you go in with that attitude? Because if you do, what's going to happen? No. Okay, are we supposed to go in there with that attitude? Okay, because if we go in that with that attitude, will that help us or hinder us? Okay, now the reason why I'm saying that, I'm saying, this, saying all that to say this. When we go to God, and we're asking him, we're praying, prayer is talking to God and asking God, and we're praying to God for something. Do we go to God this way, believing by even if I ask, I'm not going to receive? Wow. I mean, we're not supposed to. Hmm. Not supposed to. But then what disqualifies us? I'd say what disqualifies us is a confidence having a confidence, or what happens is, is we begin to judge ourselves, not, you see, because, you see, and we're thinking that we're, what, unworthy or not worthy to approach God's blessings when he's already, what, provided. And so what we have to do now, a lot of times, understand, it's not on, it's not on God's part, it's on ours, and learning how to get in faith, and learning that I can approach God, learn I can ask God in faith, you see, when, because he's already done it. In other words, if someone told me, Maurice, I have put a million dollars in your bank account, and I know this person. I mean, I know them. And now what happens is, though, I say, okay, thank you very much. You know, probably try to do backflips and everything else, you know. But he said, all you've got to do, though, is you have to go down and you have to draw it out. But I'm thinking, like, I don't know, man, if it's in there or not. <laughs> I don't know if it's in there or not. I know they're my good friend, but could they be really telling me the truth? I don't want to go down there and get embarrassed. Come on. I don't want to go down there and talk about all oh, a million dollars in there, and then, man, it's playing a joke on me. Wow. So there's some, something to this as far as do I believe what that person said? Because if I believe what that person said, then I'm going to have faith. Because I trust that person. Why? Because they haven't proven themselves, you see, not that I can't trust them. So that means that I take them at their word. And I go right on down. I show my little identification. And sure enough, when I say, this is the account that I'm supposed to be withdrawing this money out of, they say, Mr. Munson, you've got a million dollars in your account. Mm. I receive it. <laughs> I receive it. How do you want it? But see, you can relate to that, right? But wait a minute. We've got something far greater than a million dollars. See, see we, get, we get excited about the million dollars, but when we've got blessings which are unlimited in God, unlimited blessings. And this is what I want to show you, that God is the one who's given us his word, and we can take him at his word. And he says, I've blessed you. 
I've healed you. I've given you my favor. It surrounds you like a shield. I mean, whatever you need, I've got it. It's yours. Philippians 4.19, he supplies our every need. So now all we have to do is go what? Is approach him and ask him in faith. It's already done. In other words, he's already put it in your spiritual bank account, everything you need. We, don't, we shouldn't be going around thinking, man, I need this. How am I going to get this? To talk like that is to talk like someone who doesn't know what belongs to them. I'm talking about access. I'm still talking about accessing the grace of God. So what we need to do is remind ourselves, say remind. remind. I mean, we have to at times, don't we? Yeah. Because you see, what happens is we go by what we see. But aren't you glad that that's not how we live? Amen. Glory to God. See? And so we walk by faith, not by sight. So by faith. And then we begin to understand this. So how do we access God's grace? By what? Faith. So can I say this, that it is by faith that we access the blessings of God. And here's what I want to leave you with tonight. I want you to begin to meditate upon grace or the many sides of grace or the many aspects of grace that we begin to share with you. What was the first one? I covered three things. I, I was going to go into the fourth one, but it would have taken way too long. But what are the three things we've already talked about as far as the many sides or we could say uh, the aspects of grace. Give me one, the first one. Remember the first one? What was it? Favor. Favor. What was the second one? Power. Wow. Third one. Blessings. Man, those three alone are awesome. Grace, I mean, which is favor. Grace, which is power, the Holy Spirit. Grace, which is the blessing of God. Man, all of that, all of that is working flowing into our lives, into your life. Man, let's tap into it. Let's tap into it and begin to approach God, you know, not like, you know, a beggar that says, well, I don't know, you know, if he'll do this for me, even after he's promised that he would. In other words, let's not approach God wondering if, if he will because he already has. Let's not approach God wondering, well, God, am I good enough? Because it's not based on our works. Ooh, let's let that go. Because if we're doing anything and trying to receive anything and we're looking in the mirror and go, well, I guess I'm not going to receive it. Look at me. We've already made a mistake. We've already missed it. Because we're basing it off of who? Ourselves and not God. Jesus took your place. He took my place. So now, Matthew 6.33, what does it tell me to do? Turn there. We'll close after this. Matthew 6.33 gives us a great buy-in, a great tie-in to what we're supposed to be receiving. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And that finishes over there when Jesus in the service, ser Sermon on the Mount, and then he begins talking about, you know, taking no thought and not worrying. But, amen. And then he finishes up with 633. Powerful. We're still, we are still talking about the grace of God. Say the grace of God. All right. And so we want to see here what it's telling us. So let's hear different translations on that. And this is, this is where we'll finish up and we'll close for tonight. All right, who has that? Matthew 6.33, please. Wow. Seek, aim. I just love how the Amplified, was it, it amplifies it. It says for us to seek, to aim at. What, is that, what else does it say? At, to what? To strive after. 
And then it goes on and says in the other part, because I like how it defines it, seek first. Go ahead. After that one says what? Mm -hmm. And being right. Isn't that good? So we're seeking God's way of being and God's way of doing right. And what's the results? All these things. And you know what happens when we say all these things? Because the Bible, it, he doesn't qualify these things. Does it qualify these things there? All these things? Does it say all these things and begin to list these things? Like, like okay, this, this is what you get with this package, and this is what you don't get with this package? Do you see that there? No. So it says all these things. And what does that mean? What does all mean? And see, and you say, well, how do I know what belongs to me? I encourage you, get into your covenant. Find out what God says belongs to you that's in the word. I mean, thank God. I mean, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the favor of God, the blessings of God, the healing of God. There's so much that belongs to you. That's what it says. And then let me leave you with this thought. And I want you to do this. Have a desire. For grace, the grace of God, my desire is that the grace of God would be fully and functionally operating in your life. That's what our desire is. That the grace of God, because if this happens, think about it, as we're studying the many sides, or as we're studying, as we said before, about grace, right, and the definitions of grace or the aspects of grace, my desire for all of you, as you study this word, that grace would be fully, say fully. What does that mean? It's complete. It's fully functioning. We want the grace of God. I believe, I say we want, God wants the grace of God to be fully functioning in your lives without limit. And not only that, that functioning means this, operating, to be operational in your life without limits and, and that's what's going to happen but I tell you it doesn't happen by just thinking about it and you know what it doesn't just happen by talking about it it happens when we access by faith access means to what when we access something so when y'all came in tonight guess what you did in that door you did what you you came through the door so you had access. You walked in. You walked in. Let me tell you something. It's not based on your righteousness. It's not based on my righteousness. Thank God we've been forgiven. Hallelujah. He's already done that. He's, he's forgiven us. Now what do we have to do? We have to receive it. And we have to get our minds right. Because some people don't even go to God and ask God for anything because the enemy is beating them up in their minds thinking that they don't even deserve. I mean, even after they're born again, you see, to even approach God. Who do you think you are? The enemy would run these thoughts because what he's doing is trying to keep us from getting access into the blessings of God. He's trying to stop you from receiving, you see. And so he'll bring up all these things that are not true because they've been covered by the blood. They've been covered by the blood. So that means they've been washed away. And now you have access. You've been forgiven. 
And see, when we get that truth on the inside of us, nothing will hold us back. Not the lies of the devil or anything that anybody says. I know what belongs to me. I know what the Bible says belongs to me. Then we begin to fully function and operate in this grace that God has given us. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. We thank you tonight for your word. We thank you as we pray and believe that at the entrance of it,